Okay. So yesterday we began the letter, the alternate ascent, in response to the Hasidim's feelings of, we don't want a book, we want a Rebbe. What did the Rebbe establish yesterday? How could a book do it? We're all so different. We're different on every level, on level of emotion, intellect, all rooted in soul orientation. So, yeah, basically, you're right. Books can't reach all of us. That was the strong message of that first paragraph, that second paragraph. So now what? So what does the Rebbe say today? But I know you very well. Incredible thing. The Rebbe spends almost an entire page, really more than an entire page of Tanya, more than an entire page of Tanya emphasizing that a book can't do it, that a, a book can't contain every soul. The only book that can is called the Torah, God's book. And even then, we can learn it and not be affected because we're not learning the right part, our part of Taira. But the Tanya can, because I know you so well. I know every one of you so intimately that I'm writing a work and it can reach each and every one of you. And maybe by emphasizing for an entire page plus of Tanya how impossible that is, it makes us understand on some small level the enormity of the godliness invested in this work. Books can't do it, but this one does. Reaches every single Jew, as I was going to say very strongly today, till the coming of the Messiah. Somehow, he knows every single Jew all over the globe until the coming of the Messiah that well. So that explains that you've opened up your hearts to me. You've opened up your minds to me. And I've I've seen all the things that are, are difficult to you. And based on that, I've gathered from the books I've studied, from the scribes, from the holy letters we receive from our rabbis in Israel, from that which I've heard orally directly. I've received, I've compiled, I've digested here all the answers to all the questions that people are asking always, all the time. Everyone's asking questions in terms of their spiritual service. And the Rebbe says, right now, honestly, I don't have time to answer each person. And also, you forget. I can answer you, but you forget. With a book, you can read it again and learn again and learn it again and keep learning it to, so to penetrate. So the Rebbe writes, I wrote down all of the answers for all of the questions that every person can have and he'll find in them the peace for his soul and the appropriate advice for everything difficult to him in his service of God. Which is an amazing thing to say. Like, how did the Rebbe only question it? I mean, the Rebbe wrote this over 200 years ago and now my question has something to do with um, someone in my family had internet use. Like, okay, Rabbi, where do you think about internet use in the time? Now, my question has to do with me as a woman and with all of the feminist rights and how do I balance that with, where do you speak about that in the Tanya? Where does it say it? And very often you see this, actually, that people learn Tanya and start doing things. And you're like, wow, what, what inspired you to do that? Oh, I learned in Tanya. And, like, I know the Tanya. Tanya doesn't talk about that. I know someone that started growing a beard. Oh, because I learned Tanya. Tanya doesn't talk anything about growing a beard. So what does the Rebbe mean, and why do people say that? 
I think the point is, this is my feeling, that in the Tanya, the Altarebbe gave us the tools to have such a deep and real and alive connection to God that from that connection, we have all the answers we need to all of our questions. That every one of us, when we're raised to a higher space within ourselves, when we can transcend the boxes that limit ourselves, we know all the answers to all the questions. And through the Tanya, we're able to transcend those limits. And then we have all the answers to all the questions through learning Tanya. The Rebbe continues that for people that find it difficult to understand what the Rebbe is saying, they should go to the people in their town that understand. And they should direct them. And those people that have the greater knowledge and background and ability to explain it, don't be falsely modest. Like, oh, me, I don't know. I don't understand it either. That's fake. That's not real. That's not a virtue at all. And it's like it's like withholding food. This person needs godliness. You can give it to him. Would you withhold food from a hungry person? Can you withhold knowledge of God from someone who's hungry and starving for it? There was tremendous blessings for those that will do this, that truly your own eyes will be illuminated and you will have a greater understanding than you've achieved until now. And obviously the bitter opposite for one that does withhold this life-nurturing food of godliness of Tanya. And then there's one more section in this introduction where the Rebbe basically explains why is he printing this now? Because the Rebbe gave over to us the Tanya as a series of discourses over a number of years. And they were hand copies from disciple to disciple, from chassid to chassid. And the Rebbe did not want to print them because printing would bring it down to a more physical reality. And what the Rebbe is saying is on such a, it's such a descent anyway <laughs> to take concepts of God's thoughts and make them comprehensible to the human intellect. Now we're going to put them ink on paper? Now we're going to print them, mass produce God's thoughts? But the Rebbe came to a point where, so to speak, he had no choice. Obviously, this was what God wanted. But mistakes crept in, accidental, you're copying, you're in a rush, you're not so accurate, you're not so clear, someone could read your handwriting, and unfortunately also deliberate, because the opponents of the Hasidic movement would deliberately insert mistakes as, and copy it. And then, of course, anyone that got a copy, any innocent follower of the author that got a copy, well, of course, he was able to copy his copy, and thus these very deliberate errors to distort the meaning of what the Rebbe is saying crept in and, and spread very quickly. So the Rebbe realized he had no choice. He had, to, he had to actually do what he really wanted to do and make it so much part of the physical world that we're here mass-producing godliness. He still held back, and it's really not punctuated, and there are no vowels, to still try to retain a bit of its remoteness from this world. But printing was a very big step down, but a tremendous step in terms of spreading this knowledge of God to the world. Reva very much thanks the printers. In those days, it wasn't like just a simple job in Tsarist Russia to print a Jewish book, and there are many miracles and much self-sacrifice on their part to do this. 
And the Rebbe concludes with, as we mentioned yesterday, a five-year ban on anyone but the original printer from printing this, which is still in effect today, because every time the tiny is reprinted by the official printer, the five-year ban is extended for another five years, and then for another five years, and for another five years. So we've never left that five-year ban of the Rebbe, who again promises tremendous blessings to those that listen and very stiff consequences for those that don't. So we will begin, God willing, tomorrow, once again, learning chapter one and taking in this this way to transcend ourselves and find each one inside ourselves all the answers to all the questions.